0: Good day, good day, good day, everyone. It's Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, host of the Pete the Planner Show. If, that, if this is the show you were like, I'm trying to find the Pete the Planner Show, you found it. Whether it's uh, on our Facebook live stream or YouTube live stream or you're being forced to listen to all of this rigmarole on the podcast. Damian Dunn joins me as always. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Today on the show, are your mic levels low? No, they weren't. I put okay. them right back to where they were. I don't know. I'm just all charged up uh dame on the show we got uh, a bunch of email questions so we're just gonna get after it uh one is about something and then the other one is something, something different yeah where was the first one that we were gonna do what was that one uh i sent it, it to you this morning well, you told me what it was it was going to be uh, oh y- yeah white company uh, white stocks companies. prices matter okay yeah that's what we'll do stock market's been going crazy um it's earnings season so uh People are talking about the stock market a lot. Hello, Heather. Uh, Good to see with you. Good to be with you. Hello, George. Good to be with you, sir. Uh, Dame, you know when we tried this new format a few months ago, when we were like, okay, the show is now the podcast specifically. The podcast is now the recording of the show and everything that goes with it. It's like a show within a show. And at first, where people are like, well, I don't like it. I don't like it because people don't like change right. Mm -hmm. And they also didn't like the fact that our technology never worked, which is something we've also tried to figure out. At this point, based on the cadence, we've gotten into, I'm at a point, I simply don't care, because (laughs) it's just so much easier to do it this way.
1: Is that fair? It it is fair. I I will just not uh, read reviews on uh, iTunes or whatever the place is that you read reviews and, and who cares? Well, we're doing it for us and for those loyal followers. Uh, hello to danza jameson and
0: casey good day to you all all right dame let's start the show i'm sort of not i have a couple calls after the program today and then i'm not going to work good for you so, so i wanted to like get done you know what i was saying? Yeah, saying? totally okay now what i'm going to do is get the clock ready so i can time our segment which is an unfortunate byproduct of, of what we do here that's right because uh, then i have to edit <laughs> it okay you ready yes in three two wait I'm not ready no sorry did you already start your clock yeah no I had to reset I didn't even say one why would you three two one this week on the Pete the planner show we answer your money questions here's how the show works you email us ask Pete at pete the dot com. that's ask Pete at pete the com, and we'll do our darndest We're half our darndest, our half darndest to help you with your financial queries. We meaning Damian Dunn and I, no relation. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. It's weird. My name's Peter Dunn. Your name's Damian Dunn. We are not related. Definitely not. Have we gone far back enough in our lineage to, to confirm that we have literally no
1: relation to each other? Uh, not officially. I mean, we've kicked around doing the uh, 23 me and by I kicked around, I mean, I suggested it and you uh, started throwing out conspiracy theories on why you don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I really don't. Uh, Dame, this week on the
0: show, it's earnings season. So the, people are talking about the stock market a lot. Stock prices are going up, they're going down. They, they always do that, but uh, wildly right now. So we're going to talk about why does a company actually care about its stock price? People don't understand this. And so we're going to talk about why that is. Also, we've got a pretty great email about retirement and moving in retirement. And uh, this person is pretty sure they're going to run out of money in their mid 90s, but they don't seem to care because they're like, we will be dead. But help us make decisions around that. So that's in segment probably two and three. And if we have time, we have a life insurance question. That's my IBJ column this week anyway. So, Dame, let's get to it. Um, Here's the basis of the why does a stock price matter? You know, let's say Amazon stock went up a lot this week because it turns out it did amazon isn't necessarily excited because it got more money because its stock price went up and i think that's the fundamental misunderstanding that a lot of people have is that when a stock price goes up the company doesn't directly
1: benefit from that price movement yeah unless they're going to uh release new shares into the wild for people to snap up stock price going up and down has um no immediate financial impact to the company itself. It could certainly indicate some some things that would cause some consternation going forward but it's not like they're getting a, a deposit from some brokerage all over the country saying, oh stock price went up today congratulations. you made two billion more dollars.
0: Yeah, it, that's why an initial public offering, an IPO, That's what matters to the company initially is that that's where they are able to capitalize sharing those shares with the general public. And so uh, but like you said, one of the indirect benefits to a stock price going up is that it looks to have it looks like it has financial strength in the instance of GameStop what we have seen you know, the crazy GameStop thing that's been going on for several months with Thunder Kitty and Reddit and what's his name? I have no idea. I can't remember okay. roaring kitty. I, I, don't I don't know if anyone cares, but he so so what happens is games everyone's trading GameStop because people on chat boards said you should trade GameStop. And so it went up in value, despite the fact that the underlying stock from a financial perspective just didn't make a lot of sense. And so what GameStop has done recently is they've issued a ton of new shares, a new offering of stock, and that has directly benefited the organization as they've been able to take on a
1: lot of cash. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot. You know, Your stock price goes from uh, you know, the toilet to uh, something that's unbelievable. And if you think there's enough um, of a market out there for you to issue some new shares because people are interested in what you're doing and there's maybe been some changes on the board in GameStop's case and you're putting together this plan to be relevant in, uh, in a, a new market for yourself. Um, yeah, capitalize on that because you've got to be able to make these changes. And if you need a, a fresh infusion of cash, this is a great way to do it. I think a good way to draw a line of distinction between a company
0: caring about their stock price and the individuals within the company caring about the stock price, there's just two different thought paths here. So in terms of the individuals, oftentimes uh, the individuals and management and leadership uh, and based on incentive compensation that work within the organization have stock options. They own company stock. And so when their performance or decisions or luck lead to the stock price going up, they personally benefit from that. And I would say that is near top of the list as to why companies slash the individuals who work for those companies actually give a rip about their stock price
1: totally and if you are in certain industries uh tech industry for example uh, maybe a good chunk of your compensation is going to be based around stock or options or or something of that nature so you know you're taking a a little bit of a hit or maybe a big hit with with the cash that you receive in your paycheck but you're betting on the long-term prospects of this company and if you can make it work you could turn out uh, to have a whole lot of money available to you through equity side of, of the company. And if that's the case, then you are uh, you know, bought into the company and, you, and you're going to make sure that you do the, the best you can to, to raise that stock price. And uh, if, it, if it hits, it hits, you're going to be in great shape.
0: Another element people tend to forget about is that the owners of the company are the stockholders. So the, the people who own the stock own the company, which is to say. If stock price isn't doing what the stockholders wanted to do because it's in their own personal best interest for it to go up, they will can and sometimes do make changes via proxy. So, uh, you know, if you get enough shareholders to create some semblance of a majority or a plurality for that matter, then you are able to um, affect systemic change within the organization, get different people on the board of directors, get a different CEO in place. And so if your stock price and price is struggling or going down, the shareholders will come in and make changes. And the people who work within the organization don't necessarily want that. Although arguably, sometimes they do. Dame, uh, another element to this too, is the idea of the hostile takeover, which always makes me think of like 80s and 90s movies, you know, like Michael J. Fox is involved. Do you ever watch Secret of My Success? no i did not one of my favorite lazy saturday sunday movies to watch secret of my success michael j fox you know so you know it's good uh you gotta watch it walking on sunshine is the uh walking on sunshine yeah yeah i got that yeah that is like uh the part of the the movie anyway hostile takeover is when uh, a company's price is so uh low a company's stock price is so low then an organization can come in, buy up a bunch of shares uh, and, and essentially just say, okay, oh yeah, now we own you now. And in public publicly traded companies, that's a very real possibility. If your stock price is high enough that that is not a practical thing, they lose the leverage there. And I also say the other side of that game is if you've got a high enough stock price uh, relative to your competitors and your strength, of your financials, you can go hunt them.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it goes both ways on that one. It's uh, I thought this is where you were going to go uh with the previous point, but you just connected the two. It's very nicely done. But yeah, uh, low stock price uh, presents some some big issues for you, whether it's uh in- internally or externally with people coming to to take up everything that you've worked so hard for.
0: I think it does offer one of the purest forms of an incentive compensation, though. Sure. That a, that a person's not only their Current income, their annual income, not only is that tied to their perfor- performance at work, but their true financial future—the their net worth—is is directly impacted by. Hey, if you do a good job on this project, it's going to possibly down the line impact impact our stock price, which would then increase your net worth. And uh, that's that's sort of pure capitalism. It, that that doesn't actually bother me too
1: much. Uh, I wouldn't bother you, I would assume. No, it'd be interesting to see if a study has been done if uh, companies that offer stock options to employees perform better than companies that don't. Ooh, that's really interesting.
0: Sometimes you know, there's the ability for employees to uh, buy discounted mm-hmm. uh, company stock, and then there's a whole theory as to why that works, and then they can exercise them, and that helps churn the stock price to a certain level. A lot of times what we've seen over the years is, as we've ser- served people, you can buy it at a 20% discount and essentially get in this, uh, you know, an instant 20% rate of return if the holding period is short enough and the stock price remains level. Dame, let's do this. After the break, we've got a 63-year-old woman who emailed us about moving to South Carolina from New Jersey and what are the best decisions around retirement there. We will do that next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. God, I felt like a real radio segment. I'm not going to lie. Was that? Did that feel real? I, I think so. <sighs> Levi off. Hello, Levi. Levi sent us a cryptocurrency email this week. Did you see that? I did. It was very nice. Thank, Thank you. you. A fun. company caring about its stock price is by definition the goal of a public-treated company. They answer to shareholders, not to mention delayed compensation models, and ensure company leadership seeks long-term value. There you go. Hard to argue with that.
1: Hard to argue with that why am i checking my phone during the show probably because you see me glancing down because i'm checking my phone for the timer oh okay uh dan let's come back with his email and here
0: we this could be a long one so buckle up i'm going to try to get the question as soon as possible or the 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 background out as soon as possible so we can start to get through the questions because there's a lot of questions uh, let me ch- change the view for the Facebook people. We'll go wide, wide shot. So you can see Dame's missing poster. Then you can two, see my show two now Two missing posters. Yeah.
1: Your adhesive game is off, bro. Not working well. I'm going to have to find something that, that works because I'm not happy.
0: Back on the Pete, the planner show, answering your money questions. Dame, we got a question from a woman who is in New Jersey and her question says, love your podcast slash blog. Mm. Thank you, Jackie. I'm 63 in August and still working. I have the better medical insurance and plan to work until December of this year or a few months into next year. Husband is 63 and a half. I like when, uh, timeout, Dame, I like when, uh, people of that age give
1: their half birthday, like they're seven year olds, you know? Do you think this was just a, uh, a little flex to say that he's older than I am? Oh, of course it is.
0: Yeah. And for what it's worth, I'm five feet, nine and a half inches tall. Uh, We had always aimed for retiring at 63 just because. And the financial advisor ran those numbers to make sure our money would last based on our projected budget and market predictions so far so good. And I think Dame and I would agree with that. Uh, We'll have money until age 93. Doubt we'll live that long. (laughs) We have almost 1.5 million in joint 401ks, including about 21,000 in HSAs. We have 60,000 in non-retirement mutual funds and 10 grand in an emergency fund. We're trying to knock off debt and we'll probably get it all down to maybe owing 40 grand by the time I retire includes a college loan for the portion that we wanted to help with husband owns his car. I'm leasing. We'll probably lease again. We'll both get social security and annuity payments. We sold our home in New Jersey and I'm renting until we can move to South Carolina, but we'll need a mortgage. We have about eighty-five thousand dollars from the sale of the home in new jersey and we'll likely use that for a down payment we bought at the height of the market in 2005 and never really recouped that investment so dame so far so good uh, i'm about to get into their questions i just have to
1: say they've done a good job it seems as though they've done a fantastic job you know the annuity and social security plus a, a very healthy 401k account things are looking rosy
0: they've done a lot of things right they have a financial advisor involved who's running projections for them. This idea, and this gets into one of their questions, but this idea that they decided to sell and rent and just chill is a really savvy move that I love. Yes. Which gets to the first question. Question number one, we thought of renting when we moved to South Carolina so we can get a feel for the area. What are your thoughts on renting versus Owning, is there a rush to own a home for any tax benefits? With the large exemptions we now get, I would think no, but the plus is having an asset to grow and leave to our two adult daughters, both 24 and 27, and oddly enough, struggling. Okay, Dame, question number one. I'm all, if you're moving to a new town come from far away, you have to rent
1: for the first six months
0: on a month to month basis, just so you know what's up.
1: Yeah, I, I would be in no rush to buy right now, especially with housing market being what it is. Let's say you live somewhere for six months and you're just okay with it. Maybe try another town for another six months or some some neighboring uh, city, maybe even a different state. I mean, maybe there's a specific reason you're in South Carolina. Maybe one of those or two of those daughters live there and that's, that's why you chose it. Maybe you chose South Carolina because it's beautiful. Uh, but don't rush into this. There, there's no reason to... Uh, Put a big chunk of money down and tie yourself into a, uh, a home that you may have trouble getting yourself out of. So, yeah, rent for a while. I think that's a smart thing to do. You ever get a restaurant recommendation from someone you
0: otherwise really like and respect? And then when you go to that restaurant, you realize that you have completely different tastes in food. Can you imagine that these people get a recommendation on where to live with someone with a completely different standard of and expectation of what retirement living should be like. I remember we used to go to Cincinnati a lot for various things. And so there was this area of Cincinnati that I was like, I like this place. And I told a friend who lived in Cincinnati at a different occasion, I was like, hey, I like this part of Cincinnati. He's like, really, why? Like, but but if you think about that, I only liked it based on my limited exposure to it. And this is a person who I really respect. And so that's the flip side of it. You got to live at a place to, to really understand the
1: dynamics of each and every community. That's like uh, people view vacations totally differently. Some people want to go, 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 go on vacation. And some people just want to go sit on a beach. If somebody tells you uh, that they enjoyed this one location and they vacation completely different than you do, you might be scratching your head at the end of that and think you wasted some cash. But I get it. What do you think, I, you know, the tax ramifications of all this and that, I mean, they have plenty
0: of time in terms of, what was it, the 1030 exchange of their real estate proceeds,
1: like now, two years or something like that? Now, well, so that's going to do primarily with um, commercial real estate. Oh. Uh, the personal residence, uh, there's a homeowner or an exclusion for gains on personal uh, uh residences where you do have to live two of uh, at least two of five years to be able to claim that and that's up to uh five hundred thousand dollars of gain for a married couple so they're well within that they can do whatever the heck they want with that money now at this point they don't have a, a time limit or, or there's no clock ticking on that so if they rent for three years it doesn't matter
0: you know the other thing about this is it just occurred to me and maybe this is the whole second set the whole third segment i should say how much do their struggling twenty-four and twenty-seven-year-old daughters come into play here? Do you? Do you have, I mean, that's a long discussion, but I'll, I'll just put it to you
1: briefly. Are you thinking about that yet, or do you need more information? I did, and when it, when uh, you read that off, I thought, well, okay, uh, struggling daughters—they they want to try and help them as best they could. How does buying a home play into this equation? How does the home, the asset that they would leave them, benefit the daughters once? they uh, move on to post retirement. And I'm, I'm trying to come up with really good reasons that that's going to be um, something more than a a potential fight uh, (laughs) over, over that. Yeah. I think
0: here, it's funny you bring that up. I thought of the same way, but here's the little additional angle I had to it. Um, I have no problem with people rent in retirement. I don't care. Right. Because that's especially true. If you are gonna have a mortgage because at that point in time, it's just some monthly expense, whether you're renting or have a mortgage. And so what they're saying is by having a mortgage, they'll build an asset that then can be argued about with the struggling daughter. So I, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Question number two, let's see if we can get this one in before the break. Crazy thought, should we slow down the debt payoff and put more money into the house savings account to get a bigger down payment? My gut says no, because mortgage rates are so low anyway. I believe her gut. To be right i think they of course need to aggressively try to pay down that debt but in terms of the dollars and cents of how much they'd actually lower lower a monthly mortgage payment based on paying down another five to ten thousand dollars of debt uh and of course the alternative
1: being saving another five to ten thousand dollars i think it would be negligible at, at best yeah the math isn't going to work out in their favor on this I, I i appreciate the question and the the approach we're trying to uh, make sure that they're saving as much as they can but in this case it's going to benefit them. Uh, better to pay off the the ancillary debt and uh, just keep what they've got for the house down payment.
0: Yeah. So what's interesting about timeframes and debt in retirement, sometimes if let's say you're four or five years out from retirement and there's not necessarily a housing decision at hand, you can say, all right, we've got 40,000 or $80,000 in debt. Let's try to get that down by the time we retire. So then our cash flow is easier to deal with when it changes at retirement. That, that's a good thing. In this scenario, we're using time a little bit differently to try to figure out the area in which they live in. Of course, and it, she may ask this question here in a second, but then we're getting into still wildly swinging real estate prices, the possibility of, of mortgage rates rising It's a rather complex situation. Let's hit one more question before the break from her, and then we'll come back and hit the rest. Does it make any sense to get small life insurance policies so that the house can get paid off if one or both of us dies? One current policy, pardon me, our current policies are expiring at age 64. Uh, Our health is average diabetes, but controlled with oral meds. I mean, Dame, everything uh, Jackie has said so far is on point and realistic. I have to admit, though, the cost of, life insurance to cover the, a mortgage for two 64-year-olds with diabetes, even if it's controlled orally with meds,
1: those are going to be some astronomical life insurance rates. They could potentially look into uh, some some policies that are specific to covering uh, mortgages uh, to, to pay those off if, if they wanted to, but to go out and buy some term, I don't think that's going to be worth it for them. Cost prohibitive. It's a good idea, but yeah. I, I don't think it, it would make
0: a lot of sense all right so dame coming up out of break the rest of these questions i'm pete the planner i feel like it's a real show today hmm. maybe it's just me
1: no it's 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 flowing well i don't want to uh i don't want to say yeah, anything to it. disrupt it I, I of course like an idiot dame
0: you know you and i are in pre-show and uh a phone call comes in and i'm at the decision i'm like all right i either take this phone call that I, i've been wanting to take because i i, I trying to figure something out and i either deal with what that person says as i try to get through the show today or i don't take the phone call and then i just have to deal with the fact that this person is willing to tell me what i need to hear but i'm not going to
1: know what it is for another hour i chose to answer the
0: call and so now i'm burdened with the baggage of that phone call
1: imagine how differently this show could have gone if you would have gotten the exact opposite answer that you got on that phone call oh my gosh yeah well
0: I, i still don't know if i got an answer in that phone call good point All right. you ready to come back with this. Yeah, let's do it. All right. right, Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Dane, before the break, we were talking about an email from Jackie. Her and her husband sold their home in New Jersey. Want to live live down in South Carolina. They're renting in New Jersey now until they move down to South Carolina. Then they are likely going to rent for a little bit down there until they get a feel for the area. And she's just cleaning up with some other questions. The good news about Jackie is that she's working with a financial advisor who's running projections for her. You know something we didn't talk about here, Dame, that it's worth bringing up? How is a person supposed to get their head around this idea of, hey, you're going to have money until you're 93? Like, how is a person supposed to to sort of deal with that?
1: Do you mean uh, th- there's a limiting factor tonight at 93 that, that uh, you think that's where they might start stumbling a little bit
0: yeah i was hoping not to ask a loaded question but i may have asked it a lo- may have asked a loaded question if someone says hey you're good good to go your retirement plan is going to work great as long as you die by 93 is a person supposed to be okay with that
1: well yes and no in this case in this specific case that we're looking at right here that's not the whole story. They're going to have social security and they've got annuity payments coming in as well. So uh, I think maybe what they're alluding to is that their desired lifestyle is funded until they're 93. Uh, they may have to make some changes after that. And if you've got a mortgage wrapped into that, that could weigh heavily into, into what uh, changes you have to make to make sure that you are uh, able to keep food on the table and things like that. But uh, I don't think it's quite as dire as, as maybe uh, we we read into it at first. But in general, when somebody says our plan works until we get to age, whatever, pick an age, everything's not static before that. Uh, changes can be made as you lead up to that. And you know what? Your, your activities are going to change throughout your retirement. When you first retire, you're young and healthy, you're going to go and do stuff. You might spend a little bit more than, than you had uh, originally planned. And a good financial planner will talk you through that process. As you start to get older, though, things creep up desires change. You don't travel as much. You don't, uh, you're not out and about nearly as much as you were. You're going to spend less money naturally. It's just going to happen. So those projections that you had where you're going to spend the same, maybe a little bit more, and many, many uh, financial planning pieces of software will, will show you that and also inflate it a little bit, don't, that doesn't always come to fruition. So, so even though your plan may say that you, you're in great shape till age whatever, Man, things change. Financial planning is just as much art as it is science. And you've got to be able to be flexible to make sure these things work.
0: Which sort of blends into the next question they were asking here is, does it make sense to co-own a condo with each daughter, one each, as an investment where they would pay the rent, which would cover the mortgage and we would help with down payment? This is just a random thought that recently popped up, but want to put it to rest one way or the other with your advice. All right, Dame. I've got to put on my tough guy situation here. I used to be so, I say bad at this. I, I was so, um, I used to make really polarizing comments around this particular topic. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to be as hardcore. I just think that's a really bad idea. Like I, I think co-owning real estate with and struggling is such a subjective term anyway. I don't even, I don't know what it means in mm-hmm. relation to what is actually going on. I think that could end up compromising everyone involved, and so that worries
1: me. Damn. I agree. I, I I think they are. I think the hearts in the right place. I I, I believe they want to do what they uh, perceive as best for their kids, for their daughters. I think it does have a chance to sink the whole ship, and everybody go down, goes down with it. So, um, I I don't know if putting yourself on the hook for two additional mortgages outside of the one that that you're going to have for yourself or your your primary residence makes the most sense there would have to be and probably an unreasonable amount of assurance that your money is not going to come into play outside of the down payment for, for this to work or or here's something even more uncomfortable you're gonna have to be comfortable evicting your own kids to sell that that place if they can't afford it and that goes against everything that you're trying to do right here
0: this is okay. So uh, we've talked about this on the show recently where, you know, I've been given advice publicly for 15 years. Well, since then my life's changed too. I've had kids, I have a 12 year old and I have a nine year old. And so I get the different stages of their life of areas in which I've given advice prior to even being in the situation. And now I look at the advice I've given and I'm like, that wasn't that practical or that wasn't (laughs) that realistic. And so this is where I I sort of tread lightly here. And so when I say the next phrase, I, I say it with respect they'll figure it out. Like, I mean, they'll figure it out. And I think, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if I have kids in their mid 20s and I describe them as struggling, and, and whatever that means, I of course want to help. But often what I've learned f- third hand by, by, by observing these situations, is money isn't necessarily the problem, so therefore making a financial solution and such a permanent decision isn't gonna solve the issue. Yeah, I,
1: w- I would agree with that. Now, there's There are a few ways that you could potentially help um, a child who is struggling. Uh, settling yourself up to debt for a period of 30 years or uh, the rest of your life potentially i don't know if that makes sense i mean there there's got to be other meaningful ways that that you could maybe relieve some of the burden if it is in fact monetary to make sure that they uh, uh they're being able to do as well as they can um, but I don't know it, it seems almost silly for us to speculate when we have zero details outside totally. of struggling and what I think what we have to be comfortable saying is more often than not, this is not a great idea for the person who, who wants to do it. There are a number of pitfalls that, that can come about. Uh, there are a number of heartaches that can be <laughs> created through this process. And uh, it, it, it doesn't work out very well very often. You, have an, you start getting down this thought path of,
0: I would do anything to help these people. I would, you know, I'd, I'd martyr myself financially to, to help this person. And that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's selfless. It also makes very little sense. um, Which is the harsh reality of resources, right? I mean, sometimes we, we get so caught up in the money is this dynamic. Money is a resource. Time is a resource. They are finite. And so, um, that's so cold. (laughs) That's <laughs> so cold-hearted, but it—the reality is—I don't think they serve themselves well by making that decision. Final question from them: This one's a crazy one. She says my monthly budget includes putting aside a little travel money. Should we take that each—should uh, we take that each month from our 401k and put it aside, or wait until we are ready to travel and take it out of the 401k? Then, all right. So, Dame, within their budget, they said they have travel money. However, here's what I'm struggling to understand. If it's in their cash flow within their budget, it should be handled by their current income, not necessarily an asset to spend down the asset. So while it's in the budget, it's not actually funded.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a deficit situation, right? That's how I read it, because I was scratching my head trying to figure out how, how those things can be going on at the same time. Uh, If if it's in the budget, that means money's already going for that. Now, uh, if you're trying to figure out how to best fund it once everybody's retired, whether that money comes from the 401k or the annuity or a social security payment, at that point, money in your account is money in your account. And how you're going to divvy it up, uh, that's up to you. Um, But I do like the fact that you've got a budget and and you're going to work it through retirement. So as long as your income needs can satisfy the the whole of what you've got set out for your monthly budget, go for it. You know what I love about this situation is it's just
0: a really great situation. And what this email is, is her trying to poke holes in her own thinking. Hmm. It's just a really it's just really well thought out. Sometimes we don't go far enough in congratulating people in a career and, and sort of their life's work and what they've been able to create and the flexibility and opportunity that they create for themselves in retirement. So, Jackie, uh, from both of us, fantastic job. Um, you, you guys clearly sacrificed a lot, made a lot of great decisions. Don't go overboard with uh, martyring your own situation because there's no guarantee it would necessarily help your daughters. And there's probably another solution that doesn't involve money. Dame, coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week and current events. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. All right,
1: I don't want to alarm you, but this is a really good show today. Our affiliates that we have not mentioned are going to be thrilled.
0: Oh yeah, I got to do that more. Uh, I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no one look. I I have to. I have to uh, pull up the biggest waste of money of the week in a screen share. So no one, everyone, close your eyes because I don't want you to see what I'm about to do. Uh, Don't look, everybody. Okay. Don't look. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I feel like Danza was looking. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, lots of good comments, by the way, in Facebook uh, chat and about struggling and all that. And good job. Good job, everybody. Dan, are you ready for current events and whatnot? Are we still doing that? Um, it'll happen. It won't happen. Bit thing we talked about yesterday.
1: You know what? I did not set up my notes to no, let's be, not do it. Be very good for that. But we should have done it. Yeah, it's all right. We can to do it next week. Um. Okay,
0: I'm ready to go. Let me pull up this biggest waste of money of the week in three, hold on, I'm gonna do this. Okay, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is Queen Elizabeth II's 24 karat gold Nintendo Wii. Commissioned in 2009 by American gaming company THQ, and delivered directly to buckingham palace this one-of-a-kind nintendo wii is gaming royalty although it's unknown if her majesty ever actually played the console slight wear on the 24 karat gold electroplated surface of the controller suggests someone did at one point the console was thought to be lost but was in fact purchased by collector donnie Fillerup. can't be a real name. <laughs> no. In 2017, a fact he kept quiet until a 2019 interview. Oh, that cheeky baby. How was he able to keep it quiet? Due to the unique nature of this item, filler up says a specialized shipping company will be contracted to ensure that the buyer receives it in good order. Dame, what is the starting bidding price on eBay? Uh, for uh, this item, dollars, pounds or euro? <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I have it converted in dollars. Okay. Uh, sixty three thousand dollars. Oh, I'm sorry, three hundred thousand American dollars for Nintendo Wii, possibly played by Her Majesty. Not played by Her Majesty. Harry was playing with that thing. I am tempted to say things right now like, I just don't get the royal family. I just the whole thing is just absurd to me. But I feel like that is disrespectful, disrespectful to people that really, really like it. I will say that I'm not concerned with the royal family. I I am not. I am I'm simply not. Just but for those that do, awesome. It doesn't make me right and you wrong. It just it just makes you much less right than me. Dame, what's in current events this week?
1: In this week's second biggest waste of money of the week. A pair of prototype Nikes worn by Kanye West during his performances of Hey Mama and Stronger at the Grammys in 2008 has shattered the record for a pair of sneakers ever sold. Sotheby's announced Monday that the West's so-called Grammy-worn Nike Air Yeezy 1s fetched, Pete, you want to guess? $1.9 million. 1.8. You would have uh, won, if- Pete. Well, I saw the story earlier this week. Oh. Yeah, one point eight million in a private sale. It was acquired by Rares, which is a sneaker investment marketplace, which is a whole other crazy concept that I don't know if we want to get into.
0: Are you a uh sneakerhead? No. I- I'm not really a sneakerhead. I-, I I like nice looking shoes, but not some of these shoes that like that people are like investing in. I-, I have you know, like low top Nikes, like nice white looking Nikes. But like the idea of I'm going to buy, you know, original Jordans. They're beautiful shoes. I loved them when I was in middle school. But here's the problem, Dame: What am I going to wear original Jordans with? Like, it would look terrible with anything that I would wear, whether it be
1: shorts, uh, pants, even a kilt. I would look like an idiot in original Jordans. You'd uh, you'd wear them with jeans and a sport coat for presentations to a younger hipper crowd. But they would know what a poser. I am. I,
0: I I think a lot of those shoes shoes are really cool. They're beautiful.
1: Almost every single pair look ridiculous with real clothes. Middle school. I, I I appreciated good shoes much more at that point in my life. Do you still have a favorite pair of shoes from that period of your life? Absolutely. Uh,
0: I had. They were a a pair of Barclays. Uh huh. And they were like a like a blue within like a turquoise blue stripe. They got stolen out of my seventh grade basketball locker, and I was very upset about it.
1: This would have been uh, probably when you and I were in sixth grade, not at the same school, not related. Uh, Do you remember when Nike had the Air Flights that were like one big monoblock color, like all blue or all red? I had the blues, and I uh, I was the first person in our middle school to have those. Man, it's such a memorable time. I'm so
0: glad you brought that up here on our radio show. And shout out to all our affiliates, WIBC (laughs) in Indianapolis and uh, WIOU in Kokomo. I bring up WIOU on the show all the time primarily because, I mean, it feels financially related. The call letters, yeah. Yeah, it's like, why can't someone be like uh, 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 WCOD, like cash on delivery? IRA. WIRA, or what other three-letter
1: (laughs) W401K? That doesn't work. (laughs) What else is in the news? Dateline Hawaii, as the state reopens and tourism returns, there aren't enough rental cars to meet demand. That's driving up the price of rentals and leading some visitors to get creative. Some are even renting U-Hauls to get around the islands. That's right, taking a trip to Paradise and cruising around in a big box truck. Of course, the law of supply and demand is firmly at work. Last month, the uh, cheapest car rental in Maui was a Toyota Camry for... How many gonna, dollars a day, Pete? I'm going to go 320 dollars a day. 722 dollars a day for a Toyota Camry. Whoa. Yeah. If you
0: stayed for a couple of weeks, you would actually own the Toyota Camry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's pretty I, wild. I I, I I've talked about going back to Hawaii uh, you know, once things uh, get calmed down, and maybe for an anniversary trip that might be coming up. Uh, not if I'm going to have to pay 700 bucks a day for a Camry. I'm just
0: going to take a, a skateboard, like a longboard, and just sort of <laughs> <laughs> cruise on by, gleaming the cube.
1: Can we get a video of you on a longboard just flowing through the parking lot sometime?
0: So, Dave, I'm a rather athletic person. Yeah. yeah. I played college sports. I'm in pretty good shape these days. I am not one that can really work a skateboard. Really? I, it's it's my parents bought me man this could probably third grade the little yellow banana one mm-hmm. that was plastic that sure. actually wasn't like a cool deck it was just like this nerdy skateboard and uh yeah i i couldn't do much on that then i had some friends trying to do like ollies and mm-hmm. kickflips on their actual skateboards and i'd try and i would always fall on my head just not my skill set
1: i can't be good at everything i guess well there's a long list what else is in the news U.S. consumer confidence jumped to a 14-month high in April as increased vaccinations against COVID-19 and additional fiscal stimulus allowed for more services to uh, be open, boosting demand and hiring by companies. The upbeat survey from the conference board on Tuesday also showed a strong increase in vacation plans, suggested the economy continued to power ahead early in the second quarter after what appears to have been robust growth in the first three months of the year. Growth this year is expected to be the best in nearly four decades. Called it, I
0: mean, it's not that hard to call. I mean, sometimes we do predictions on these shows that are edgy, other times they're not really edgy, they're just obvious. Like uh, people buying NBA top shots, having a hard time getting their money, or people buying cryptocurrency, being able to get their money, or uh, people investing on Robinhood, being able to get a customer service call back. Damn, some of these things
1: are just obvious. So when we make the predictions, it's not that difficult. Yeah. As expected, former Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence was selected by the Jacksonville Jaguars as the number one overall NFL draft pick last night. What most of us didn't expect was that the Tennessee wonder boy who would use his signing bonus to invest in cryptocurrency. That's right. Lawrence has partnered with Blockfolio, a crypto investment app, to invest his estimated $22.5 million signing bo- bonus in Bitcoin, Ether, and yes, Dogecoin. He has beautiful hair. You and I could have a full head of hair
0: with just his hair. You know, I've been looking at him a lot. And let me tell you, this is my own personal preference. I think he'd be more handsome if he buzzed his hair. I think so? He's got a strong nose, strong chin, you know, but I, I would say it's beautiful. I mean from the back. You're like, well, how'd he do Matt? And then he turns around and I'm like, sir, <laughs> he it's it's, uh, do you think he'll be everyone what everyone says he's going to be? I mean, remember it was the people are talking about it was John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Locke, or the no fail first round draft picks.
1: And they're saying he's number four. Do you agree with that? I don't know. I, I mean, if hare has anything to do with it, yeah, he's going to be a Hall yeah. of Famer, but I, I hair only has so many powers. You know, well said, well said, this was such a good show.
0: Dame, uh, we were in Indianapolis Monthly last month as a podcast to watch. Did you know that? (laughs) No. Uh, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. We'll read about it on the show next week because right now I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete, the planner, and this is a show that was mentioned in a magazine. I didn't tell you about that. No, I can read it right now, actually. Um. I didn't actually know about it. <laughs> I was wondering how much we paid to be featured. And we didn't. Uh, our coworker Brent sent it to me. Hello, Brent, because I know you're listening right now. Oh boy, awkward, awkward. I didn't see this yesterday. Did you say Pete and his co-host? No, it's uh, it, it, it. Pete <laughs> Dunn, known professionally, colloquially, I can't say that word as Pete the Planner. We've talked about this before. I Pete Dunn. I. It just sounds terrible. Yeah. Peter Dunn. AKA Pete, the planner sounds so much better. Yeah. Call me Peter. Call me Pete. But Pete Dunn drives me bonkers. I don't know. Anyway, I agree. Uh, enjoys talking about an oft avoided subject money each week. The financial expert and former comedian helps people with the tumultuous math of personal finance. He and his co-host Damien, no relation to Pete Dunn answer (laughs) listener conundrums from a point of empathy. They don't shame listeners into making changes like a low rent, Dr. Phil, instead they use phrases like fiscal warts to break down complexities like Robinhood, a financial services company that offers commission free trades. Each episode records live on Facebook and YouTube on Fridays at noon, and usually has a big topic, minimum wage or student loan forgiveness. For example, there's wit in every 45 minute episode, though. Some topics may feel political hang in there though. The biggest waste of money for the week features, feature comes at the end of each episode and never fails to amuse. Do you feel, feel like that is an uh, a, uh, accurate de-
1: portrayal of our show? Have we ever used the term financial warts? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> warts,
0: anything warts, like, like warts, is not if it, like planner warts, and yeah. then there's some other type, types of yeah. warts. Fiscal warts is pretty rough.
1: Yeah. I I can't imagine I said that. I'm going to blame that one on you.
0: Oh, I, it's something I would have said if anyone was going to say it. Yeah. The, you know, I thought the comment on this that said, uh, sometimes the topics may feel political. Yeah. Really? I, we've been accused of that once or twice. Did I tend to think if we're talking about economics and money that, it, I don't know. I mean, I know we hit into political areas from time to time, but we're hitting the, the the fiscal approach to it it's not right. like we're
1: giving hot takes on things that aren't in our wheelhouse No, we're not trying to espouse any uh one particular platform or another we're just hopefully trying to communicate what may or may not happen based on uh history and and where we think things are going
0: well coming from the horse's mouth pete dunn says thank you indianapolis monthly we appreciate you listening did they spell my name right <sighs> yes <laughs> That would have been amazing. It would have been. There's nothing worse than having your name spelled wrong or mispronounced at a big event. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, it happens. I. Uh, all right, Dame, I'm done. I'm done. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Dame, thanks for being you. Are you uh, taking the rest of the day off? What are you doing? Of course I am. Of course you are. All right, everybody. Be good to your family and be better to your neighbor. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, no, I, that, I was, I'm trying out new catchphrases. Oh, um, uh, there's a, there's one from E 40 cause you know, I like the hip hop. Um, he said something the the day in the song choice. Don't listen to that song. It's very <laughs> vulgar. He says, um, what is it? Um, hold on. I got to look up the
1: lyrics cause this is gonna be worth it. Everybody. And this is going to be worth it. I, right. uh, I also think we need to uh, create our own crypto so we can call it good vibes. So you can actually send good vibes to people. Oh, it seems like a lot of work. Um,
0: oh, everyone. Hang on. I mean, it's gonna be totally worth it. I got to look up. The, oh, I'm a stay getting money.
1: <laughs> what do you think about that as our new? I'm a stay getting money sending you no it's not sending you good vibes it's uh or just say stay getting money stay getting money how great is that
0: daniel says we should go with all right everyone i'm done here have a nice weekend that's a dad joke right there (sighs) all right everyone i'm gonna all right we're i'm in the show and we're gonna go with stay getting money okay so here we go so dame do you want to say anything else before i i sign us out here no i don't want anything to do with this all right you guys have a good weekend
1: and remember Stay getting money.